Welcome to the Scottish Watches podcast. We hope you guys are doing well and wherever you are, things are bright and sunny and your football team is doing better than ours. Well, what do you mean better than ours? Wouldn't be hard. I mean, we are, we are, we are running to form, I think is the phrase. (sighs) That you've just heard are the dulcet tones of Dave Sharp. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very good. How are you, Ricky? Good. I was going to call you Rick there, but I decided to actually call you Ricky. Why, thank you. That's appreciated. You You're get welcome. the terminology correct. <laughs> uh, if I was into football, I'd be a very unhappy chappy because our national team here in Scotland has taken nearly a quarter of a century to get into some kind of international tournament and in complete Scottish tradition, they threw it all away. Not at the final moment, but almost the final moments of the first half. Well, yeah, they threw it all away in both halves. And I mean, I mean, you know, as much as I, I know about as much about football as you do, to be honest, which is not a whole lot. But I'm mm. pretty convinced that the dude with the big gloves that's allowed to handle the ball to stop it getting in the, the square net thing, goals. I, I'm pretty sure that he's meant to be within, I don't know, visual distance of the goals, as opposed to like, you know, in a different county but the amount of memes that have been doing the rounds uh, I know you sent me one which was very specifically Glaswegian <laughs> yeah the yeah. one I put on our Instagram account would make sense if you've ever been to a nightclub in Glasgow in Scotland because it was a place called the Arches that wow. was closed down specifically due to recreational substance abuse and the meme that was going around was a photo of our goalkeeper almost out at the centre line and it said something like I've not seen somebody this out of their box since the Arches was open which is pretty much the way things went because he was way out there absolutely lobbed and the ball ended up in the back of the net although it didn't really make much of a difference because we were already one down that just made it two down on home turf but that is just Scotland the last time they were in a competition was 1996 and I remember watching football with my mum because my dad wasn't into football my mum for some reason was I think one of my grandparents the male grandparent actually paid for Inverness Cali Thistle. Inverness Cali Thistle. There we go. Yeah. Actually, one of one of one of my customer sons, funnily enough, just that's it's a small world. One of my one of my customer sons just signed his first professional contract for Inverness Cali. There we there go. go. Small world. So my mum was into football a little bit more than my dad, and we would watch Scotland games, and she used to say the same thing that happened just yesterday, and that is Scotland get the ball, looks like they can do something with it, so they pass it back the way. Aye, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. One of the two phrases is uh, Scotland's, uh, they're, they're good at snatching. Clutching sna- defeat from the uh, arms of victory. Uh, that's that's one of them. And the other one is they, they, they're, if they were surfers, they would be riding the slump of a crest, pretty much, so, unfortunately. Although the only, anyway. the, the only good thing about football, though, is at least we actually call it the name it should be, as in you use your foot to use the ball as opposed to our North American brother. Hand egg. Hand egg, yeah, exactly. I mean, at what point is it even football? How how, how does that work? How? how? The World Series, just run by people in America. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I, I, exactly. <laughs> oh, that we're going to get emails about that one. We already know the story. Yakety yak. know the story yeah, about the yeah, newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's that out of the way. But we're here to talk about watches. Indeed. And we should really start as we mean to go on. So, Dave, what's on the wrist today? Today, I am wearing Speedmaster. What's its full name? Speedmaster. Omega Speedmaster. Apollo 11 Moonshine Gold. There we go. So that's what I'm wearing today. So I've got a bit of weight in the wrist. Um, don't wear it super often, but when I do, it reminds me every time why I love it so much. Great piece. So yes, very good. Speedy Tuesday. I actually kind of managed to get Speedy Tuesday wearing a Speedy Yakety Yak. But hey, that wasn't my plan or anything. My dog's now blind, by the way. It's just walked into something behind me. (laughs) So anyway, moving along. Ricky, what are you wearing in the wrist today? Well, it was in the wrist, but it's now off the wrist. So I can sort of play with it and wind it up because it's dead. (laughs) So I have got through. (laughs) You don't even want to know what thought was going through my head about... (laughs) I had to play with it, but it's dead. Okay. (laughs) Is it alive now? Uh, 
it's worn away to a nub, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I have got something that arrived uh, last week, and I don't know, I was just a bit like, because this isn't mine, I'm not really that fussed about opening the box, because I knew it was in the box, okay. and it's something that I've ordered for myself, but it's oh. going to take until August to arrive. I know where you're going. So I was a bit, mm, I was actually going to send it to either you or Rick to play with, because I thought, oh, I can't be bothered with this. But no, I opened it up, and I'm very glad I did so this. On the wrist today has been the Arage Tourbillon 1. <laughs> and you guys can check the show notes for images and links to an Instagram live unboxing that I did at the weekend with Rick of this watch we've been talking about it for a very long time it has gone through multiple iterations through no fault of Raj's own and the release piece that I have got here is just absolutely staggering for the quality for the price it's around about seven and a half thousand Swiss francs which is on parity with UK pounds when you include the taxes and the shipping yeah pretty much it's a collaboration between the guys at Orage which is THE Plus we've had Marcella the designer of this watch on the show before we've had the guys from Orage Landon and Andy on the show before we've done a video with them very very undervalued underrated brand that hopefully through this and the stuff they're working on just now will get the airtime that they so deserve <laughs> And this watch, there's nothing bad to say about it. And that's quite high praise from me. I liked the one that they had out a year ago, which was a prototype. Yeah. And that was using uh, Le Jeu Pérez movement inside it. This one is their own custom work because Le Jeu Pérez didn't exactly play ball last year. Nope. And decided to cut them off after they had pre-orders and payments and things like that. So they've had to design their own one. You've heard it in the show before. Finally got it in my hands. It's fantastic. Everything about it is brilliant. I just can't wait to get my own one. And I don't know where to start telling you about it. So I asked Landon if he could give me some information because I just don't know what to say. One of the, th one of the things you had mentioned about it was what's the, so what is the actual thickness of it like once you've got it in hand? Um, it's it's not super skinny, is it? Oh, it's, that doesn't look ridiculous by any stretch. Have you measured so about it? about 11mm. Okay, so it's yeah, so it's absolutely not out the norms of anything else mm -hmm. out there. It's kind of on what is it? What's diameter of the watch? Is it a 40, 41? 40 ish. 40 ish. Okay. Details. Are you asking me for details? Well, you know, it's like we're not we're not we're not one for giving any kind of uh, anything you're gonna learn anything from, are you? It's smaller than than a than a regular black bay in terms of thickness and kind of diameter. So that's a, that's a good place to be. Right, so the details, now that I've loaded up the webpage, which I should have done previous to starting recording, is it is case body 39mm. Okay. Total thickness, just over 11.5mm, and it has a lug width of 22mm. I actually thought it was 21 when I measured mm -hmm. it, but it says 22 which means you can get aftermarket straps from BarkandJack.shop for mm -hmm. it. But when I was speaking to Landon about the watch, and he says, give it a real good test. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, how good a test do you want me to to do and he told me that he has got somebody that's doing like a triathlon or something and they're wearing this watch through everything so including swimming mm -hmm. where yes it's got 100 meters water resistant uh, it doesn't have a screw down crown because it doesn't need one it's got multiple gaskets inside it's like rolex they've got the trip lock system you don't have to actually screw it down it will be fine without it but they put the, the screw down part so that people feel more comfortable i'm going out shooting in a couple of days time and i said to him shall i wear the watch well, I'm firing off a shotgun. Landon says, no problem at all. It will be fine. So I'm going to put it right through its paces. There's a couple of differences with this versus most manual winds. Now, this has got five days power reserve. It is manual wind, but who cares? Because with five days, <laughs> it's just going to last and last and last anyway. And you can tell it doesn't have a power reserve indicator because they're ugly, aren't they, Dave? Yes, they are. The way you can tell no, how Ricky. much power No, they're not, Ricky. But anyway, yes, yes Ricky. They are. Yes. They are. 
fucking hopeless. So the way you can tell with this, if there's power reserve left, is you can see through the dial because it's open works and skeletonized, and you can look at the barrel itself, and depending where the coil is sitting in the barrel, you can judge visually how much is in it or how little is in it. And what they've done is they've taken technology from their automatic K1, K2 movements, retrofitted it into this, including a slipping bridle system, which is what you get in an automatic, so you can never overwind it. Manual wind watches, you can get to a certain point where it locks up, and then if you've got a screw down, you can actually over-tighten it, and it can cause damage to the mainspring in the barrel. This doesn't have that problem, because it slips. Mm great stuff. Other things, uh, it's got stop seconds, which you usually don't get in a tourbillon. I'd spoken to you about this before and you said, yeah, that's not a normal thing. But because this thing is within one to two seconds per day, they want you to be able to set it properly to an atomic clock or something else. So all you need to do is set the time. And a bit like the Oris with their, well, there you go, the Oris with their five day movement, you actually have to pull it back slightly. Yep putting tension on the wheels and that stops the movement from going it's almost like back hacking but without the troubles that that brings if you do that on um, like my omega apollo 8 you're going to jigger that movement i have been told therefore do not do it the guys at Raj say yep absolutely fine with this the way this is designed put together it's designed for that type of maneuverability they have got it's so reliable so shock resistant due to the technology they've got inside it instead of using normal stainless steel ball bearings things like that they're using ceramic ball bearings cost them 10 times as much but it offers much more degrees of movement flexibility shock absorbent and things like that there's a whole host of things to talk about and i'm not going to go through the list because there's that many of them but it is incredible check the show notes check our instagram there's video there's an unboxing and it's well worth a look mm. uh yeah you can order these up till august the first and whenever it is you decide to place your order you're looking at around about a three to four month lead time because everything is custom specced and designed so there Very you go nice i mean the size of that as you say what 39 is it 39 or 40 you said yeah and just like the thickness 39. That, i mean that's to put it into perspective for people that's smaller than the black the standard black bay which is 41 and is just under 15 mil thick so you know that puts it into perspective it's a, it's a nice size watch actually we're really looking forward to getting mine across uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go and pick it up in person like I was kind of hoping hopefully hopefully we can but as news broke today in the UK, all those promises that Boris made about, no, 100%, no, 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 definitely 100%, this is exactly what's happening. He's gone back in his word. As I always. can see no signs in the data. I can see want. no signs in the data. Panic, look at the data. Sounds about how it went. Yeah, there was a meme that got posted that I saw <laughs> and it was covering all the things that have been said in the last year and a bit. And it starts off with, well, they're all Borisisms. And the first one says, just three weeks to flatten the curve. Then it was just a lockdown to save Christmas. Just tier four to save the new year. Just until the vulnerable are jabbed. Just stay home until Easter. Just wait for June the 21st. Just four more weeks. <laughs> Love yep. that guy. Can't wait to vote for him again. Indeed, not. indeed. Well, that, what, you, please don't insinuate you voted from the first time. I Excellent did not. Work. So, more news. We have got a Clubhouse Live. Ryan has been on our case asking if we can do another drunk oh, quiz oh. night. And because our first one went so well, we are returning for the second leg. It'll be myself, Dave, that's here. We'll have Ryan and Rick's going to turn up. Rick has been told not to talk over anyone. And if he does, we'll just, he's just getting we'll just out because I cannot be bothered <laughs> with that bullshit anymore. Uh, he has tried my patience once. Not enough. just yours. But anyway, let's talk about some more watches. Tune into that. That's on Friday, which is the day after this one comes out. Clubhouse is on Android in the States, so you can get like a beta version. You can get an invite. If you haven't got one, I'm sure somebody on our group or on our Instagram will be able to help you out. We might invite some people up because we'll be drunk 
Uh, you can get involved. You can ask some questions. You can take the piss out of us and you can appear and on the show. And funny enough on that one, uh, it's just gone live on Android in the UK now as well. So anyone in the UK that's got Android and wants Clubhouse, it's now live on there as well. Perfect. There we go. But there have been a lot of new watches, new releases and industry news. And probably the first one to talk about is our friends at MBNF. More specifically, Max Busser. This is making lots of people very, very jealous. It is. It is. Including, including me. Including pretty much everyone that's not got one. And I thought I was one of the F. I thought MBNF was Max Booster and friends and having Max Booster on a podcast would make me a friend. No, the F, and the F in it in your case is for fuck off, I think. Again. <sighs> flagellation. flagellation. No, it would be, that would be self-flagellation, not, not flagellation. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about this watch that no one can get hold of. Well, I mean, it's been very much... Uh, kind of on the lowdown to a certain extent until a couple of them started showing their face didn't they um with uh someone that's been on our podcast a couple of times uh taking uh liberties showing it to everybody but yeah it appears to be a piece that's um how would we describe it it's fair to say that it's not high horology in the respect of you know it's not a piece that's using a bespoke movement uh, in in the sense of what you would normally find in an MBNF, it's a broadly speaking off the shelf movement, but it is a very 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 cool watch that you know will have exclusivity on the basis of you just can't get them. You have to effectively be asked if you wish to have one, and they are at a what I believe to be very attractive price point where anyone that's offered one would be. I was going to say fool, but I'll actually just go full hog. They would be a idiot if they weren't to actually take him up on the offer to buy it um i believe a couple of thousand dollars is where people have been talking about for it but it's a watch that has got very much that kind of feel and ethos of mbnf in there but a very accessible price point so yeah very cool um looking piece what's your what's your thoughts on it from what you've seen i saw it pop up because black badger made a video about it because everyone thought he was involved in it somehow uh because it's right in his wheelhouse but like you say Yes, it has a Myota movement in it, but it has got Max Busser all over it, all over it. And the price of it was something around about 1900 mm-hmm. Swiss francs, excluding taxes, which is mm-hmm. bonkers. That is insane money. But I actually dropped him a quick email saying, hey, how's it going? I know we're organising part two of the show and all that, and I'm a good buddy of yours <laughs> now. Yay. Uh, any, any chance of <laughs> fuck off? So the F was for so, fuck off then. Um, yeah, yes, MBI yeah, fuck off. off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm not going to say that because Max is a cool guy he's coming back on the show and he didn't say that whatsoever he basically said that this was for people that he's collaborated with in the past people he's got like a working relationship of many many years but because of the massive amount of kick this is given to interest levels not just in himself MBNF but the Mad Gallery and all those things he's looking at doing something probably mm-hmm. next yeah. year because there is 100%. a demand for it and it it gives people a little bit more of an entry. It's like Rolex with their coloured mm-hmm. OPs can bring people in. I mean, MBNF stuff is well out with my wheelhouse money-wise and potentially most of the people that listen to this show. I know that you've got one of the little watch holders because it was like a couple of hundred dollars or something. That's probably the kind of thing I'd be able to afford. But to get associated, to get into the, the habit or the first step yeah. in the ladder, I think this is a yeah, great Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, you know, every, every, as you say, everything about it says Max Booster, MBNF, all over it, the aesthetic, the feel, the look about it. The thing that did make me chuckle somewhat is, you, you, you know, to be fair, these have been offered to people that are close friends and people with close working relationships. So I would 
I would like to believe that none of these are ever going to show up in the grey market, certainly not anytime soon, because they probably would quite quickly not be friends of MBNF if that was the case. But it does make me chuckle. How many people who spend most of their time deriding things like Myota movements would probably pay quite handsomely to be able to have one of those pieces? It does make me wonder. Suddenly, I don't think the Myota movement's going to be problematic in that watch being valued very highly by certain collectors, strangely enough. That is a little bit of an F you. I mean, it really is. You know, you need to think. You know, typically, you know, the snobbery that quite often, sadly, can come with this hobby of, oh yeah, you know, it's an Eta movement. It's a, you know, it's a Mayota movement. It's a Seiko movement. Oh yeah, why would you want anything like that? This watch, I think, proves the point that you know there's more to it than everything else. You know, this 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 watch will. If one of these ever come up in the grey market, can you imagine how much it would go for? But you know, I think I think the nice thing about that brand is if if he does come out with something, even you know, let's be honest, it's unlikely if he comes out with something that's going to be two thousand Swiss francs. It's maybe going to be a bit more. But even if that watch came out at three, four, maybe even five thousand Swiss francs, do we not think it would sell? He thinks it would probably sell out pretty quick. But you know, you know, it would be nice to see a watch being made at an accessible price point from them. I think there would be definitely a market for it, and. It's nice, you know, like as you say, he's got some really, you know, the MBNF gallery have got some really cool little things out there for watch collectors who maybe want to have something from MBNF without actually having to have the six figures to buy one of their more regular timepieces in their collection. And there's some great stuff in there. So you should go and have a look on the on the gallery and, you know, there is some cool little things on there. Um, I've got the little robot, but they've just brought out a little dog now as well, which I don't know if you've seen, Ricky. You've seen the dog? They've, no. they've done basically the same that. idea as the little robot, but it's like a little kind of dog that it sits on and it's very... Very, very cool. So very similar price. I think it's kind of a couple of hundred Swiss francs. So you know, in UK, you're going to be what, give or take, one fifty, one seventy with tax and shipping on it. So you know, not cheap, but certainly accessible. Cool little uh, watch, watch, tr- watch related trinket, should we say? If you have that kind of money burning a hole in your pocket just now, and you like the color scheme mm. of green and white, maybe you stay at the east end of Glasgow, and you like that kind of thing. Well, our friends at Zodiac have got just the watch Indeed. for your wrist. Now, they've missed a trick by not calling it the Celtic, but they have got a couple of new versions out called the Zodiac Super Seawolf 53 Neon and the Zodiac Super Seawolf yeah. GMT Neon between $1,395 and $1,800. And this could be a watch I would get because it's got a white bezel. And green, I'm not quite as against as I was a couple of years ago. Nothing to do yeah. with football. Got to be careful. Got to tell people that, obviously, because <laughs> I'm from Glasgow. Don't my head kicked in. But these look really, really good. And I don't have a Zodiac. And they've been really decent yeah. with their colour schemes and things for the last couple of years since they made a splash at Basel World. Yeah. Couple, what was it, they've 2019? Some, some, they've all, you know, for the last few years, they've had some really cool looking watches that use some really strong, bright colours, but without being absolutely in your face garish. You know, they've, you know, this one, yes, it's green, but it's, it's most definitely neon green. There's no two ways about it. This isn't your uh this isn't your kind of classy greens that we're seeing a lot of dials of recently. This is a full in-your-face neon green. But it's used with a bit of reserve. It's like in a little a little bit on the bezel or a little bit in the kind of chapter ring and stuff like that. It's not absolutely in your face. There's way more white in it than green. And I think um not sure which one it is, but one of them's definitely got a kind of sapphire uh, bezel on it as well, which is a lovely little feature. It's not something you see super often. Seen it in a few grand Seikos and a few pieces um kind of over the last few years but with that kind of uh, uh, sapphire glass bezel on it it just gives it a whole different look to it as well great looking watch extremely good value for money 
Zodiac. I think they're owned by Fossil yeah. Group, so those guys know how to make watches at all price points. They've got a good infrastructure. They've actually got retail stores, so it's not as if this is their first rodeo. Zodiac was probably bought by them, I would take it, because Zodiac wasn't always part of that group, was it? don't know. I genuinely don't know too much about their full background, but they were definitely a smaller whatever you want to call them. don't know whether you use the word micro brand, but it kind of a smaller um, volume brand that was out there. So I'm guessing they've been bought up at some point by that group. Um, yeah, they've got some, they've got some cool, I mean, I think over the last few weeks, they've released a few watches, a couple of collab pieces, I think they've done as well over the last few weeks. And then they brought these two out as own brand ones. Um, you know, one of the collabs was with one of the American uh, guys, I think, I can't, uh, Warren, I think it was, I think it went out Warren, Warren Mount, And uh, they actually did one with Liberty, which is a kind of very trendy, British, I was going to say, well, they are a department store, but it's ultra trendy department store in London, um, in central London, but uh, just off Regent Street, they've done a collab with them. And I really liked it actually, because it was a purple colourway and it was quite an unusual colour. You don't typically see purple. It was a really nice ultraviolet purple and it's not a colour you see typically very much on watches, but it was a pretty solid package as well. If I remember, it was, I think it came with a bracelet and it came with a kind of uh, tropic strap as well in, in the kind of uh, violet purple colour with the purple in the dial. Again, well, well under two thousand pounds. I think it was either sixteen or eighteen hundred pounds, but with with everything included. So yeah, um, great value brand that makes some really cool watches, and I do like them. Great summer watches, a lot of their colorways, as far as I'm concerned. And this neon green one, yep, definitely. Uh, it's greens in fashion for sure, but I think this is taking green to a different level with the neon green. No, this is going to pop. So the GMT version has got a bezel reminiscent of the old style Rolex GMTs with the thinner font. It's got the green at the nine o'clock through to the three and then obviously the bottom half is white it's on an oyster style bracelet white dial very very nice and when you flip across to the dive one it's just got a white bezel i think that's the one you're talking about where it's got the clear sapphire over the top yeah yeah and as you say the the inner chapter ring area is green and then around the loom plots they're green as well and that's on a jubilee style so something for everybody there I've, I've, i keep i keep fishing about zodiacs there's been a few over the years that i've kind of seen and gone oh yeah i really like that i think there was a watermelon one a couple of years a couple of years ago that really caught my eye and just never got around to it they seem to disappear pretty quickly they don't typically do huge numbers of them and they do disappear so yep. um i think it's one of these brands that every time i see something i go oh yeah I fancy that. And then I think about it and then they're gone and then something else comes along and then it's gone. But yeah, I'm going to have to take the jump at one point and get one of them because it's a cool looking piece. 100%. And if green Mm -hmm. is your favourite thing in the world, then Zenith have now got another watch out. Now this is their El Primero Chronomaster Revival and they've called this one the Safari Watch. And it does, I suppose, look like a Safari Watch. Now you've got one of these, haven't you, in a different colourway? The Revival Shadow, I think mine's called, yeah, which was... um they brought out, I think they'd brought out a couple of the revivals in the stainless steel cases. Um, and then mm, try to think when it was, possibly give or take a year ago, they announced the uh the shadow, which is a kind of shop pin titanium case with you know greys and blacks, very kind of understated colourway. The thing that got me about the shadow, to be honest, was there's no date in it. And it's not that I'm abject horror about any dates. I've no problem with dates and watches, but it's such a small piece, this watch, that I just wasn't super keen on the date in it. So the one I've got doesn't have a date. This one, when I first clocked it, I thought, now that I like, 
but I, bl- I think this one still does have the date in it. And you do hardly see it. It wouldn't completely kill it for me, but it's just that the, the shadow, the one I have, is, is pretty much bang on perfect for me. That watch, if it didn't have the date, would be equally as perfect as the shadow. The date, I don't know why. It's just something about it on that watch. I think it's also is it, is it at four and a half o'clock, isn't it, That uh, on the dial? Yeah, it's just not quite my thing aesthetically with that date. But as you say, it, but as you say, it is quite small. Um the date on there but the case the color looks amazing yeah it does work zenith have been doing a real good job and we should hopefully have an interview with Mm -hmm. a zenith brand ambassador i don't think i've said it on the show yet because it's been six months in In the the waiting hopefully it will come to fruition shortly and yeah we've been working on that behind the scenes it's getting a lot tougher to get good quality guests because we've kind of (laughs) we've managed to get most of the heavy hitters that have been reasonably attainable but now we're looking for grail guests and they take a long time getting frank stephenson the show that was another sort of six month epic to find some time and worm our way in there but yeah we should have this zenith brand ambassador that i'm looking forward to speaking to because it transcends a couple of different interests and hobbies that i have say no more you may actually know who i'm talking about but this one here looks fantastic color scheme is really good it's a darker green mm-hmm. it's got the four patina loom plots and like you say with the shot pin kind of bead blasted sand blasted effect in the titanium all comes together really nicely colored date disc this one is based on the original 1969 el primero a384 case shape and i think it's 30 37 mil yeah it's the same it's 37 mil uh but that is slightly kind of misleading in that the actual dial itself on the watch is even smaller. I think I actually put calipers across it and I think it's about 34.5mm actually across the crystal. So it's it's a strange one. It's a Mm. very small watch by modern standards, but wears considerably bigger on the wrist than you think it would. I think with that kind of slightly, it's slightly taller than it is wide, if that makes sense. And it kind of gives it a nice wrist presence. But you do kind of go, well, that's, it's it's a strange one. It plays with your eyes. And I was like, that dial is really small. And it was only when I put calipers across it, realised, yeah, I think, I think from memory, just over 34 mil, which is, you know, is really quite small for you know what you would class i mean you know we're not into the whole male and female watch thing to be honest but you know i think they're probably pitching it as uh as you know a masculine watch to a certain extent that you know that that piece with their marketing but it is small but it wears extremely well we had one across to check out and it was the one that had the, the smoky dial on it the sort of light brown to dark brown in the center with the ladder and we were doing a comparison that versus the defy 21 and just looking at the complete difference between the two of them, even though it's current modern technology. And this one here, latest iteration, 50 hour power reserve, mm-hmm. 36,000 vibrations per hour. It's got all the right stuff. It's just a different look. And it looks like it's on a canvas green strap that just ties everything together. It gives you that whole safari look that they're aiming for. I've read a few comments from folks saying, oh, why didn't they, uh, instead of using a titanium bead blasted case that's been kind of colour treated, why didn't they use a ceramic case? Uh, yeah, they could have, but I actually think that kind of blasted titanium textured case gives it something that you just wouldn't get from a ceramic case personally. I actually quite like the fact that they've done that with that bead blasted titanium. There's a whole shed load of watches that we're talking about here that are nothing like the norm. Next one up we've got that is nothing like the norm is the Bell & Ross limited edition BR0392 mm-hmm. Red Radar Ceramic. And this is a watch that there have been many previous versions of it and it's something that every time it popped up I would look at and say 
there's something a little bit different. That's a bit unique, a bit different. And when we decided to speak to the guys at Bill and Ross this year, got in touch with them and they sent up one of their pieces. I can't remember what was it they sent up. It was a GMT, wasn't it? It was a square GMT. Um, the BRO one looks huge when you pick it up, but typically sits really nicely on the wrist. I mean, that's, that's, that's a watch I did have many years ago. I actually was one of the few watches I, I let go to one of my friends who was absolutely besotted by it. And uh, I do I do regret a few times not having it, actually. Um, I don't quite know why I got rid of it. Well, I do know why I got rid of it. It was I got the full blackout one. I should have bought the black with the white numerals, mm -hmm. but got suckered into the, oh yeah, go for the full blackout. And truly, you cannot tell the time in it in the middle of the day, never mind at night. So, but he had this thing about the blackout watch. So in the end, it had been discontinued by the time uh, he wanted it. So I let it go. But I do regret it sometimes. It's a great watch and they get they get a bit of a hard time sometimes, that brand, for no real reason. Again, possibly a wee bit of the watch snobbery creeping in there, you know. But snobbery. they make a cool watch. They make a cool watch. There was, there was a watch they made back in the day, a long time ago. We're talking probably... 20 years ago which was actually in the BRO case but it was it was called the military something and it actually was a it was a quartz watch that had a regular handset for the time but also two two digital lines in it quite similar to one of the bright links I think it might have been called like military aerospace or something and it was a BRO one military aerospace court movement in it um it was such a cool look I, I always remember as I say way back Every time I saw it, I was like, that's a cool watch. In the same kind of way as like the, the Omegai X33 is a cool watch, but could never but could never quite bring myself to part with the money for it because you know it was quartz and there was all that snobbery again about, well, it has to be automatic. Whereas nowadays I would not even think twice about it. It's such a cool watch. I would definitely get it if it was still a, still in the range, but sadly it, it, no, it is no more. But yeah, that was another cool watch they did. But back to the one they've just launched. Funky looking watch. Well, back to the one I was trying to remember the name of. The one that we actually got sent up was Bell & Ross BRO3-93 GMT. And it's with the, the Coke rotating bezel. And I liked it. Wasn't up here for long because they needed it back pretty quick. And <laughs> this was the first time we'd interacted with them. So we were like, yeah, no bother. <laughs> Won't keep it for three weeks as usual. Here you go. Liked it. Ah, but this new one, this red radar, yeah. I really like it. And uh, it just, you know me, it's a black ceramic. It's mm -hmm. got red stuff on it. It's a bit like my Tudor. I'm going to try my best to get a hold of this to have a look at it. Limited production. So this one here, if you're not looking at show notes, bad people, you should be checking the show notes. But if you're not, it has got little planes on discs. Well, that sounds really entertaining, doesn't it? And informative. Instead of having hands, it's got sapphire discs with designs on them. Right. So is I, it, is, I don't know what I'm talking about. Just look at the show notes. Dave, tell the people what, what's going on. I've not had any sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's like concentric, uh, it's like red concentric rings that give you that kind of classic effect of that kind of radar screen that you would see in the movies maybe from the I don't know, 70s and 80s um and it's got the little like i suppose the, 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 the icons that you would see in the radar that resemble an aircraft almost aren't they and like little blips and obviously as they go around they're telling the time yeah it's, it's kind of telling the time in a way that looks yeah like a bit of a vintage radar screen i think it's a cool looking watch but yeah it's hard to describe as soon as you see it you'll go yeah yep it sounds nothing like how they two described it bunch of idiots i'm gonna give it another go i've had a wee shot there of caffeine so instead of a second hand, you've got a disc with a line on it that emulates a hand that rotates around obviously 60 times per minute. Then you've got the minute hand, which is a small plane, which is inner 
and that obviously rotates 60 times per hour. And then you've got the hour disc instead of a hand that's a larger plane that obviously goes a little bit slower. And then looking at that, you just have to guess what time it is. You would never have guessed that um, Ricky and myself have recently passed our air traffic control exams, can you? So if any of your pilots out there and you hear us coming on the airwaves, probably best keep your eyes open. It'll be like uh, Die Hard 2 when they turn the computers off. Oris, I've got stuff happening. What have they got happening? What have they got happening? So they have, uh, they've obviously since the announcement of their own in-house movement. What, how long ago was that now? Is that, no, it's not nearly a year yeah. ago. Yeah, nearly, nearly a year, isn't it? Yeah, they've kind of slowly but surely been introducing that into a few new models. Obviously, folk have seen it been introduced into the Diver 65 after the original Aquas. And it's also a derivation of it's also been added into very recently, the Holstein edition for this year, which is the big date point big crown date pointer whatever they call it big crown date pointer i think it is and, and it started off in the big aquas the 43 and a bit mils. yeah it was it was the kind of the aquas on the bigger size and they have just recently introduced it into the smaller aquas which i think is fair to say isn't exactly a small watch but it is notably smaller than the original aquas which mm-hmm. i think will please a lot of people um i think it's still i think it's, I think it's about 41 and a half 42 and a half mil this one 39. give or take is it 39 are you sure no no i don't think you should be sure i think it's i think the original one there's three sizes of aquas mind i think it's the middle size 41 and a half i think that's right yeah the the smaller than the original one but i think they might still have an aquas smaller i think they still do a 39 below that but this brings it into probably a size that most people will find a happy place in the wrist for this size as well and they've got it in a few i think it's three colorways they've brought this one out in now and they're pretty strong colorways um not colorways like their pastels that they just recently introduced in the in the Diver 65 bronzes. These are much deeper colors with a lot more luster to them. Um, kind of very deep, glossy kind of depth of color to these dials as well. Look really good. Um, I know you, Ricky, are a big fan of the, the kind of aqua style. Um, not I've said it before, not my favorite Oris. I mean, I'm definitely the Diver 65 in the, the big, big crown date pointer and you think about that every time I say it they're my two go-tos in Oris but this is your one so what's your thoughts on this slightly smaller size or do you prefer the big one I always prefer big ones indeed so we've actually got a review on the website we got sent in before the watch came out by a guy called Lee Evans not the guy you're thinking of called (laughs) Lee Evans that's got DVDs out that are quite comedic this is the great escapement with underscores in his name on Instagram and he works for a big large AD chain here in the UK and they obviously got the watches in ahead of time he must have gone into the stockroom pilfered them, took them home did a review, took some photos and returned them to the stockroom before anyone noticed they were missing. So on launch day, which is the day we're recording this, Thursday the 15th at 1pm, that's when the embargo broke on these watches and his review is a hands-on review, so it's not just made on the bump that was sent out in a press release. He compares the green one to the Hangang edition, which I have, and says the green on it is slightly different. And looking at his photographs, you can see that mm-hmm. it's got a more striking, darker green it's not quite as yellowy orangey green it's more moving towards the blue side and the dial itself reminds him and myself looking at the images of the Moser Pioneer Centre Seconds it's almost a dragon eye green across the dial and the, the burst effect from it isn't quite as pronounced as a hangang where it spreads quite quickly this is almost like a very thin line so very striking very good looking I prefer the hangang just because of that breakup with the date display in the middle it breaks it up like a roulette wheel 
feel and I just thought that was cool because I hadn't really seen that before in anything else and it, it sung to me obviously the one I've got the hanging doesn't have the center seconds it's got the subdial for that the main Aorus that was 400 doesn't have that it's a plainer looking watch but it still is really good looking I wouldn't swap the one I've got for the new one even though it's got the better movement and all the rest of it just due to those things but stunning looking watch that movement has got so much going for it five day power reserve anti-magnetic out the arse 10 year service and 10 year warranty all the good stuff that people kind of complained about at the start it's like oh how can they, they increase the price so much well R&D and the fact you've got 10 years on the wrist you don't have to worry about it it's like fire and forget <laughs> so cracking looking watch good colorways go check it out if you're interested in that and there will be pictures links in the show notes and on the scottish watches website absolutely and i believe it also retains the quick release strap system on there as well so should be super easy to swap out straps like as we know we all like to do from time to time indeed especially with summer coming up and we were mentioned earlier a guest that we had on the show frank stephenson that took a bit of of cajoling to get on because he's such a busy guy turns out he's that busy because he's been making a colouring in book <laughs> and I'm not taking the piss did you see this? I actually know I, I saw your notes no. but I missed it yeah he if you go on Frank Stephenson's Instagram page you will see that there is genuinely a colouring in book of his designs without colour so you can add the colour in yourself and I didn't realise until a few years ago adult colouring in books is a thing oh no I, that that I can absolutely tell you um, I know quite a few people that uh, are, are you know full ass grown full grown ass adults that are quite into their colouring in full books full ass full ass yeah was, not half ass half ass well you know uh, yeah that are full on into their colouring in books and uh, get, some of them get pretty advanced I suppose because ultimately it's not really any different to a puzzle book in, in, in that kind of style but I know some of them that take it pretty seriously and have all the different sets of kind of um, colouring in markers with different fine fine tip points etc etc for colouring these things in so yeah and I knew that was a thing but didn't realise that he'd brought in a colouring book sounds like my kind of thing actually well I will get in touch and see if we can get a couple of them and we'll have a wee competition me you and Rick see who can stay within the lines well that won't be us <laughs> Okay. We always as like to as, blur those just, lines. Just, just, just remember that um, if, if, if you send me a colouring book, make sure you send me kind of those non-toxic colouring cranes because I'm likely to eat them. It's true. Or your dog. I'm not going to eat my dog. I was actually flicking through Watchtime magazine because it seems to be the only watch title that you can pick up in the UK in the high street. So I was in WH Smith just having a perusal of what publications they had because it's been nice and sunny in Scotland. I've been taking full advantage of that out in my back garden, getting the shit burned out of me because obviously I'm a pale blue Scots guy and yeah, I just turned into a little beetroot. But I was out there reading through the magazine and it was the inner front page. It was a DPS double page spread for Seiko in America and they have basically went on to Google Images and taken the first, what do you call it? ocean diving picture they found Gen the I was going to say generic possible. diving picture yes generic underwater ocean diving picture in blue and downloaded it at 500 pixels wide and then thrown it into this advert which you'd probably half get away with if they didn't then use a super high quality picture of the watch superimposed over the top of it <laughs> so I dropped this in our team's chat and said bloody hell look at this so thankfully Seiko here in the UK they're, they're a little bit better Classy. quality double checking 
wing things. You know, they've got an air of elegance about them. And we should be speaking to one of Seiko UK's representatives quite soon when they come back from their holidays. So hopefully we'll be able to have a podcast out. Because we've always talked about Grand Seiko. We've had Handsome Rob on the show a number of times. We've never really gone down the Seiko route. And Seiko's where it's at. Grand Seiko's fantastic. Not going to take anything away from them, but we've missed out that gap because I always think they're the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll be super interesting, again, for us and I'm, I'm sure for folk listening in because, you know, everyone everyone knows about Grand Seiko. You can't not know about it if you're into watches now. You know, it's, you know that, that drum's been, been beaten for quite a while. They know the quality, you know the finishing. But I think a lot of people still with Seiko are pretty much okay. Seiko's probably your couple of hundred through to a thousand poundy type brand. And I think a lot of folk are going to be surprised when they find that, again, Seiko have got a lot of really cool pieces in the £1,500, £2,000. In fact, even into the three, £4,000 category, there's a bit of an overlap when some of the Seiko stuff does overlap price for price with Grand Seiko, but make some really, really cool watches within that sphere as well. So I think it'll be an interesting dive into that brand to see what they do and what's available from them and why they differentiate themselves in that way from Grand Seiko as a brand. So yeah, that's been an exciting episode with lots of material I'm sure we'll cover. We might even learn something. That being us, learn something. Yeah, yeah. Well, we won't be teaching anybody anything. So. No, no. We'll leave that up to. Like we'll leave that up to the uh, more intelligent uh, individuals from Seiko to do. And it is a real shame. I think it's part snobbery. And me and Rick have said on the show like a year ago. <laughs> If a Seiko costs more than a grand, it should be called a grand Seiko. But they've muddied the waters quite a lot. They've got Seikos now up to about five or six thousand. Yes, but yeah. They've got grand Seiko starting at four, so this kind of overlap. Absolutely. I mean, especially a lot of the kind of heritage Seiko pieces, you know, like the 62 Mass and these kind of pieces where they've done really faithful reproductions of those. Those pieces at retail, yeah, absolutely. They're three, four thousand pounds. In fact, I think one of them was nearer five thousand. And then you've obviously got the kind of high end. Um, you've got pressage in that middle ground and you've got some of the kind of higher end um, dive pieces from Seiko as well now which are again absolutely in that kind of two to four thousand category and yeah there is a bit of snobbery folks saying well why would I pay that for a watch that just says Seiko on it I think a lot of folk are forgetting that Grand Seiko also just said Seiko on the dial up until not that long ago. It's only really in the last couple of years that Seiko removed Seiko from the dials and just had Grand Seiko on it. But, you know, I've got a couple of... Well, they used to say Seiko and Grand Seiko at the same time. Absolutely, so it had Seiko and then it had Grand Seiko at the bottom. And they've now, you know, in the last few years, have removed Seiko from it um, so that almost Grand Seiko is a a brand in its own right. But, um, yeah... So it will be interesting. Seiko GTI. Yeah, and you know you've just also had um, you know the the whole story of King Seiko as well, which is really, to be honest, a brand that you know or a, or a naming that's not really that's not used in any modern pieces other than the heritage piece that they just issued a few months ago, which was the reissue of the King Seiko. So again, it'll be interesting to see if that name becomes anything that gets used within the brand over the next few years as well so yeah a brand that i've got a lot of time for i've got a huge affection for really anything seiko grand seiko out of that whole stable and there's pieces at price points from a couple of hundred pounds right through to the oh my god how expensive that i just love within their range so um i find it hard to believe that anyone that's into watches can't find something within seiko grand seiko that they'll actually like Unlike you, as long as it's not got a power reserve in the front, eh? Bro Dinky, I think it was. We will link this in the show notes. Made a fantastic meme a couple of days ago. <laughs> Don't know if you saw that one, Dave. 
where it was some anime character. Don't know if it's Dragon Ball Z or whatever, because I'm not into that kind of stuff. And it was it was saying, "Look, we created this amazing dial," and then it shows you we power reserve thing just dropped on <laughs> it to pick it all up. <laughs> Although talk, yeah, talk talking of that, we'll just touch on it. But the new that new Grand Seiko where they finally moved the power reserve to the back, boy, that is one handsome looking watch. Okay, don't know what one. Oh, you've you not there. seen it? The titanium cased. Um, Titanium case Grand Seiko, where the uh, it is a spring drive. I'm sure yeah, spring drive. Yes, a spring drive. But they've now moved the. It's a completely clean dial, and they've they've moved the power reserve to the back. Now I know it's, it's 007 is the numbers as to what the four letters S H M Z K B five five seven two 007. Who knows? But it's yeah, you'll pick that up. It only only again launched within the last week or so. Um, Stunning, stunning looking watch. Right. I've just pulled it up. SBGY007. Yeah. Oh, God. Inspired by the icy pathway of the gods. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Every brand, every brand has to have something we can kick them with, and we know what we can kick Grand Seiko oh, with. But it is a handsome Grand Seiko. Watch. I've got this program. I think th- I think Grand Seiko go to like randomwordgenerator.com. Mm. And just hit that wee spinny roulette wheel until random words pop up and then they just print it. So that is a nice looking watch and I do like it because it's got a blue second hand. Yeah. It is spring drive. It looks cool and it doesn't have the power reserve on the front. You got a picture, you, you got like a picture of the back there, the display case back on it. If you have a look at the display case back, I think if you're looking at the display case back, the power reserve's up in the top right hand corner. Super mm-hmm. clean. Yeah. To me, to me, that is as near as you'll get to the uh, Credor um, Ishii 2 without spending six figures. You know, I think that watch is going to be seven, 8000 ish UK, that kind of neck of the woods. So it's still not a cheap watch by any stretch, but that's a hands... 8300 US dollars. So yeah, probably 7000 UK, something like that, seven something. Very, very handsome looking watch. And it's a titanium case, I believe, as well. So uh, that's one that I'm quite looking forward to getting a physical hands-on because that might very well float my boat, that watch. Yep. And if you want to see some of the Seikos... Some of the Grand Seikos, what we've talked about, then go and check out our YouTube channel because last year, just before lockdown kicked in, whichever lockdown it was, just at Christmas time there, I had Simon from James Porton's son over to the studio to record some videos and they are on the YouTube channel. And they're some of the most viewed videos that we've got on there because we always go for quality over quantity. We've not done a Rolex video, we've not kicked the arse out of it and the view count on these Seiko, Grand Seiko ones um, is just absolutely fantastic because the watches demand that kind of level of attention I suppose Um, and obviously I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks back there James Porton's son have got a new website with fantastic imagery from Alan so go on there check it out better than manufacturer pictures I'm pretty sure when this comes to the UK if it's not already here then they will have their grubby little mitts on at least one or two of them that you can either get in person when you walk in or they also do mail order across the country beyond. I heard the magic words as well actually I spoke to Simon about this piece and it's not limited edition so this is one that you should if you want want to get your hands on it it'll be there but i think the nice thing is even though it's not a limited edition it's not a watch i think you're going to see a huge number of out there you don't see many of really any gses out there at this point so if you're looking for something very you know i think i think that's a watch you could wear dressy and you could definitely wear it pretty relaxed as well it's just such a yeah i'm really as you can probably tell i'm rather taken with it oh yeah 
Yeah, definitely. A couple of things before we finish the show up because time is running out. I have been on YouTube because we never did the what you've been up to thing because I've just been up, to, you YouTube up to YouTube over the last I've week or so. I've been up to a bit of, U- I've I've been up up to a bit YouTube. of YouTube as well. A bit of work. I think if I've been up to anything. Actually, I've been out a few times for some food to eat in indoor places where you can drink good wine as well, which has been... A rev, a, rev, Don't care. a revolution. Tell me about YouTube. All right, okay. Tell me about YouTube. Yeah, thank you, Dave, for just sweeping in there, cutting my grass. So YouTube. <laughs> well, I wasn't even going to tell you about my swipey apps, but now that you've pissed me off, I'm going to talk about swipey apps. Oh no, apps. no, I know all about your swipey apps. I get the screenshots from your swipey apps on a regular basis. Yeah, some of the things that women or girls put in. When I say girls, I, I mean like age twenty four and, and above. Yep. Right, that's just a Scottishism. Scottishism. Some American people yeah. think that Scotticism, right, in Scotland, girls is any age, and that say it kind of holds true in America. We get a hard time for saying the oh, word girls as if it's like young do, children. Do you know it isn't in America. You've got golden girls. Now they weren't exactly sprightly young mm. teenagers. But anyway, I digress. So on the swipey apps, some of the bios that these people write are incredulous. Oh. I have sent you some screen captures. Should I read some out or would that be non-PC? As long as you don't read them. I mean, there's one of them that probably is a bit challenging to put out, but most, some of them just, you're just like, there's forwards and then there's, you've. I mean, some of them aren't even forward. Some of them you've already been run over by the time you've read it. They're that forward. It's unbelievable, some of them. All I'm saying is I'm, I'm glad that I came in the old school, which was you actually could talk to people in real life as opposed to have to make up a bio to put on to swipey apps. Wow. Just wow. Look at you grinning. Look at you grinning. Right. <laughs> right okay. Swipey app time. So we've got Gemma who says your favourite ginger and she's got a carrot and then a Scottish flag. I enjoy the gym, travelling, art, music, memes and being pished on in the bath. <laughs> I think that's what's called accelerating quite quickly. Yep. Uh, it, because I said to you that that one gets me every time because you're reading it and you're like oh hmm, uh-huh mm-hmm, oh memes uh-huh mm, I'm getting pissed on in the- oh, oh okay <laughs> you're so, like whoa, whoa 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 back the truck up slightly <laughs> I think I've run over the family dog then Melissa we're not going to read <laughs> Melissa's one because that's horrific then we've got Shannon and Shannon's one says my hobbies include making a cunt of myself on my Snapchat story then deleting it the next morning like it never happened I mean to be fair, y- you know what's going to happen with there. Anyway, youtube yes. stuff before we finish up. A couple of things I've spotted on YouTube, not really to do with watches. I've kept it for the end of the show, but you might like it anyway. There was a great behind the scenes with Burt Reynolds and uh, Jackie Gleason and a few of the other actors that were in Smokey and the Bandit. Obviously, Burt has now moved on to the other side, but this was recorded probably within the last 10 years before he passed away. And it's great sort of talking about how they got the idea of the film and it was never going to work. And then they did it and everything just came together. Fantastic. Great film, obviously. Love the cars, love the car chases and the comedy that's involved in it. That's one to check out. I also, from that, because YouTube recommends shit based on the shit you've just watched, there was the fastest ever recorded video of a quarter mm-hmm. mile time before they thought, oh, this is getting a bit dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Let's change it from quarter of a mile to eighth of a mile because then you won't get up to such crazy speeds. And this was like in the 80s at Santa Pod here in the UK. And the guy, it was a rocket powered car. And I think it did the quarter mile in just over three seconds. It got up to a terminal velocity of about 400 miles per hour. And it was parachutes everywhere to try and stop it just careering into the stadium. Uh, that's another video. It looks like it's sped up, but it isn't. It just blows your mind looking at this shit. So that was another one. And then a guy has come back to YouTube that's been away for a couple of years and his channel's called Photonic Induction. And I might have sent you a mm-hmm. photo, I might have sent you a video already, Dave, of this guy. This guy is bonkers. 
British dude. I don't know if he puts the accent on, but it adds to it. He is just insane. And he's got all this equipment in his house. And most of the time he does it in his house and burns his carpet. Sometimes he does go outside. And he takes phenomenal amounts of power, energy, volts, amps, everything, and puts it through stupid stuff. So I think the latest one, I can't even remember what he did. Oh, he was trying to blow a 5,000 amp fuse by putting 200,000 amps through it to Mm. see what would happen. And he's got all these crazy pile transformers and all kinds of stuff. It's just mental. So we'll put a link in there. Some of his videos, it's the kind of stuff you wanted to try when you were a kid in science, Mm. but were just a bit Mm. too scared. Well, you know, You saying that there has just reminded me of something that I witnessed this morning, which which, which involved a conversation with a little phrase that just summed the whole situation up, which was, I was in seeing a customer who decided to plug a two-pin plug into a three-pin socket by shoving a screwdriver into the earth to lever it down to allow him to push the two pins in. And I kind of looked at him and I was like... 110 volts? No, this this was a 240 volt... um, this was a 240 volt socket he was plugging it into. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And his words were, what could possibly go wrong? And I was like, as said by every, as said by every person that's just been electrocuted. <laughs> I mean, yep. Okay. A screwdriver shoving it in to allow you to put a two pin socket into a 240 volt socket. Yep. Can't possibly see what could go wrong with that. Did he succeed? He did after I, well, he did succeed without killing himself. Although I, made sure there was sufficient gap so there'd be no arcing of electricity if it went wrong. I, I kind of have to admit I have done this in the past. No, the reason I thought this story was going to get interesting is because usually yeah. if that plug this is, is going to go in there, then that but that plug might be wanting 110 volts, not 230 that we give people. I've seen that happen as well. Yeah, people plugging a, a, a 110 <laughs> volt charger into a 240 volt socket tends to have quite an impact. Charges your phone twice as quick, <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> Yeah, that's if that's if the house hasn't burnt down to that point. Yeah, another quick one YouTube channel Electro Boom, mm. I think it's called. It's this foreign dude that loves blowing himself up and electrocuting himself doing stupid stuff. So there you go. There's some things that Mizzy will put in the show notes. But that is the indeed, end indeed. of a show, and we managed to cram in a lot of watch content. So before we finish up, be sure to check out our Instagram or website scottishwatches.co.uk. And if you're listening to this on time, check us out on Clubhouse. Look for Scottish Watches. I think yes. it's called uh, Ricky Scottish Watches. Whatever it is, because Rick went on and registered Scottish Watches and Clubhouse has done call with it as usual we can't access it therefore you're just going to have to find us and we'll be on there for about an hour and a half with myself dave ryan rick indeed and you guys so and bring your best game because it. it's going to get messy so there we go indeed. thank you for listening in and we will okay, catch then. you next time goodbye